Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, I'm Alison Larkin, writer, comedian, narrator, and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. Join me as we embark on a journey through Austen's timeless stories, starting with Pride and Prejudice. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello. Hi. Welcome back to another mini episode. Starting this episode just reminded me of the comment we got on Instagram where someone was like, do you guys speed up? your episodes and I was like no we're from the west coast and that's how we talk out here very fast whenever I moved to Missouri my friend Sienna was like whoa she's she like couldn't understand me because I came from Las Vegas and in Missouri everyone talks much slower I didn't know that I I know I talk a lot I didn't know I talked that fast well yeah it doesn't feel like I'm talking fast either, but I could see if you're from the Midwest or the South, they have a much slower, like, cadence in general. Yeah, so I think it's like a West Coast thing. Maybe it's a coastal thing. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's probably (laughs) it. It might be a coastal thing in general. So, you know what? Actually, that would be fun. Listeners, wherever you're from, tell us if there's, like, weird talking habits from your area. I'd like to know about it. Yeah, we know there's weird accents. If I still sounded like a Minnesotan, that would be... Yeah, everyone says well, things. That would be so interesting. <laughs> differently based on region, but yeah. speed is is an interesting it's thing. I've never really even thought about mm-hmm. it. It was just fascinating. I just thought it was so funny. She's like, sincere question. Do you guys speed up your audio? And we're like, no. Whenever we're well over half an hour and we're like, uh, let's just speed it up to one and a half <laughs> so that we can get more talking in. Oh, God. In that half hour. I want to do that when I'm editing, but I tried to do that once and then I couldn't get it to go back. And I had to just, like, redo the whole thing again, and it was a nightmare, so... Oh, yeah. No. No bueno. No. Okay, so why don't we start off this mini-episode, since it is now officially Pride Month... Pride Month! ...with something terrible. <laughs> sure! Okay? Why fucking not? Why not? So, Boston may be getting a straight Pride Parade. Yes, this was another thing I was going to talk about. Have you seen how ugly the flags are? Oh, they're hideous. It's black and white Which stripes. Is, listen. Listen. <laughs> That's how you know a straight person made that flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that flag is hideous. It looks like a jailhouse uniform. Yeah. Have you seen Al- Alexandria... Or Ocasio-Cortez's tweet about no. that. No. There's she's some like, fire tweets, that's she's, for sure. She's like, will straight pride be a Freaky Friday type situation where all our history books, movies, stories, media, news, etc. feature most mostly LGBTQ plus people and perspectives? Will people have to come out as straight? What would folks march in? Socks with sandals? Dad jeans? I mean, it, true. <laughs> Beyond all of that, it's also that people are forgetting that literally... Pride, the Pride Parade, yeah, came out of a riot, yeah, based in discrimination, yeah, like 
what would this even be for? It's so bananas to me. It's like people who want a straight pride parade, people who want a white history month, they just want to be people, oppressed. I was talking to Max the other day about this and we were saying how um, people have wanted like a white entertainment television and wet. Max goes, so what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it's, a, it's a strange, it's like, I'm sorry, how many years... Of course, I work in television. Like, discrimination continues to happen and skews majority white still. But how many years did we have almost no black entertainers on mainstream television? Like, leave it to Beaver. There's your white entertainment television. You have TV land. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Get over it. TV land is white entertainment television. That's exactly right. So, there's a man named Mark... um, Sahidi? I don't Sahidi? I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't care. Because he's uh, garbage. Because he's garbage. And he is a member of a right-wing group called Resist Marxism. And he announced on May 30th that the Boston Straight Pride will happen and claims that the city is working with a group after it filed a discrimination complaint. I swear to God, like white people just want to be oppressed so bad. White yeah. men want to be oppressed so badly. Um, I mean, he, I would even say a lot of white women. Too. I mean, even though women, they have we have our own struggles, whatever. I get it, but I feel like, in comparison to like a black woman's struggles, it's neither here nor there. It's not the same. Also, like here's the thing: like I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to participate in a straight pride event. Like, I'm not, like, proud to be straight. I, no. It's, it's a norm. It's just like, yeah, whatever. It's, it's not just, something that I've had to fight against. This is why I can't hey, understand... Mom, I'm straight. This is why I can't understand whenever, like, white people don't get reverse racism. Yeah. Or whatever, and how, like, that's not a thing. Because I completely understand and get, because it's logical, that there is no oppression of straight people. Yeah, there, like that doesn't that doesn't happen. It's what was expected of me. Yeah. You know, and just because I happened to like fall into that norm, I don't deserve any kind of like props for it. I don't no. deserve a cookie for it. Yeah. I didn't have to struggle at all in that aspect of my life. Now yeah. that's what intersectionality means. I've had to struggle in other aspects of my life yeah. because of other disadvantages, but I've never had to struggle for being straight. And that's the whole thing. Whenever people are like, I don't understand white privilege because I was poor and da-da-da-da. And it's not saying, like, white privilege isn't saying that you didn't struggle. It's saying that being white or the color of your skin was not a factor in what made your life more difficult. And it's the same fucking thing. And it's not saying that there aren't other parts of your life that made your life difficult. Absolutely. You could be from a lower socioeconomic class. That's going to make your life more difficult. However, the color of your skin did not make your life more difficult. Yeah. And, like, being straight has not made my life more difficult. Exactly. So, And the thing with reverse racism that always bothers me is it's, like, it's a discrimination against another race. So if a black person is saying something wrong about a white person, that's still racism because that's the definition of racism. And I'm just like, no. That's actually literally not the definition of racism. <laughs> like, the, the like, definition... The definition of racism actually requires there to be a power difference. Mm-hmm. You, it, That's why it's not racist. It might be biased. Yeah. It might be prejudiced. Yeah. 
But, but it is, is not racist. racist. That's not how it works. Stop trying to make white racism a thing. She says, reverse racism it's, a it's thing. Not it's a thing. not a thing. It's never going to be a thing. Okay, so anyway. So, the organization behind the event tentatively planned for August 31st. So, is August going to be straight Pride Month? Let's celebrate, Keegan. You know what? Let's take a whole month of our show. <laughs> and this organization is called... This is how you... Again, like, all of this just screams the straights are at it again. <laughs> The organization is called Super Happy Fun America. <laughs> and they said that the group is committed to creating spaces for people of all identities to embrace the vibrancy of the straight community. What? <laughs> I am the first to say our community is not wait, vibrant. No, it's boring as fuck. It's vanilla. Okay, wait. It's the Super Happy Fun community? What is Super it Happy Fun America. It believes that true diversity is only possible when people of all sexual orientations are free to celebrate their lifestyle. What? We have been celebrating our lifestyle since the beginning of fucking time. Straight pride is every day. If you don't feel uncomfortable walking with your partner hand in hand in a public space or displaying any kind of PDA, guess what? You are celebrating your lifestyle. Yep. I just had an engagement shoot in public. Yep. Like, in a public area. Yep. Around other people. And never once did I feel like I'm going to be... Harassed. Harassed for this. Yeah. Like, for holding hands with my partner, kissing my partner in public. Yeah. So you've been celebrating your lifestyle for a long fucking time now. <laughs> so he filed this discrimination complaint... And then he tweeted um, saying that it appears the city of Boston understands that it would lose in litigation over this discrimination lawsuit. And so the city is now working with us on a parade. We will have the streets closed and be allowed to have floats and vehicles. (laughs) Sounds like so much fun. It's fucking ridiculous. I really want to (laughs) go. And the mayor, Marty Walsh of Boston, has not ever given a direct answer in regards to whether or not this is actually a thing that's happening. (laughs) He just keeps pivoting and being like, aren't you excited for gay pride? We're super excited. We love our gay community. And it's like, that doesn't answer the question uh, at all. And apparently they have taken on Brad Pitt as their mascot. What? (laughs) For the straight pride parade. Wait, why? I I don't know, because he's like the bastion of like straight, beautiful (laughs) men, white men. Wait, so... Is there going to be, like, a giant Brad Pitt float? I don't, I don't think so, because Brad Pitt put the kibosh on that real quick. He was like... <laughs> Can you imagine a Brad Pitt... What is it? The the floating animals that they have at parades just and a, stuff? A Brad just Pitt a Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Arms abs, out. His abs are just, like, super inflated. It just... Yeah, Brad Pitt was just like, not today, motherfuckers. Like, yeah. not not with my name. Not with my face. Not with my name. We're not doing that shit. Nah, man. Um... So, yeah. I mean, it's just really upsetting. The tagline... <laughs> Everything about this is just the most embarrassing, nerdy-ass shit I've ever fucking heard. I think it's super fun. The, you're like, <laughs> super I don't, happy and fun. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. Uh, the tagline is, it's great to be straight. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope anyway. they know how embarrassing they are. Yeah, I don't think they do. They call themselves the oppressed majority. Oh! It seems like an oxymoron. It really, really does. I'm... I'm speechless. It really does. I don't understand. So, anyway, that, that's all on that. Any, that's 
all I got. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. It may not even happen, but it is something that people are trying to do. And I have heard that there are other cities that are also trying to emulate this. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure y'all look dumb as fuck. You also realize that you are just inviting all of the most fabulous. You're just going to create a second pride parade. Yeah. Because you're just inviting all of the most like fabulous, fantastic gay people to fucking show up again. (laughs) In an anti-protest <laughs> at your parade. Gay Pride 2.0. That's exactly what's going to happen, you fucking oh, walnut. I would show up, rainbows ablaze, allyship on point. Just re- fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So yesterday, which was Wednesday, uh, we made a post about Busy Phillips speaking in front of Congress and I did a little bit more reading about it, and I read about some of the other women that spoke and testified as well, and it was very fascinating to me. So we're going to start with Busy, and then we're going to move on to some of the other people that spoke. So Busy Phillips was speaking in regards to current threats to women's reproductive rights. She outlined how difficult it would be in her home state of Arizona to have an abortion today. She says, legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound to go to a state-mandated in-person counseling designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, then take a court-mandated 24-hour timeout to make sure I really know what I wanted. See, all of this kind of goes hand in hand with what we talked about whenever we just did our pregnancy crisis center episode. These things are not put into place to help you. They are put into place to shame you into keeping your baby, your baby or your fetus. It's not a baby. It's not a baby. It's not a baby. Which also I'll take this moment to apologize if at any point during the crisis pregnancy episode Either one of us, mostly speaking for myself, used fetus and baby interchangeably. Yeah, because it became it's hard to it's hard to adjust that way of thinking when it's always been referred to as right. A baby. So, so if that's something that was like rubbing you wrong during that episode, I realized it when I was editing it that like I was using those words interchangeably. It yeah. was not intentional. Okay, so sorry. Well, thank you for clearing that up. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. My body belongs to me, not to the state. Women and their doctors are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them. No one else. Abortion is health care and should not be treated as different from any other health care. So another woman named Melissa Odin shared her story. She is the founder and director of the Abortion Survivors Network. She was born, it says she was born alive to a 19-year-old woman after a botched abortion. She was born 30 weeks into gestation. So the mother, the woman who was having her, tried to get an abortion. It was botched. So when she was born, she claims that she was laid aside after her surprise birth. So it's a surprise birth. So I'm wondering what... if Maybe she tried to get an abortion before. Then I don't know. And the woman's mother, so the woman who just gave birth to her, her mother, the grandmother, I guess, in this situation, demanded the nurses let her die. But a nurse took the two-pound, 14-ounce baby to NICU. So Melissa Odin says, It's easy to talk about women's reproductive rights until you recognize that without first the right to life, there is no other rights. How do you recognize my rights as a woman who survived a failed abortion with what's being discussed here today? She says she's alive today because someone else's reproductive right failed to end my life. When Phillips was asked about Odin, 
uh, this guy says, would you agree that somebody who has survived an abortion has a right when she's born to life to control over her body where someone else doesn't take her life? Which I'm like, what is that wording? Well, and here's here's the thing. I, I'm reading it right now. Less than 1% of abortions occur after 24 weeks. Yeah. There's a reason for that. She was born at 31 weeks. Mm-hmm. Most doctors will not perform an abortion after a certain point. Yeah. Not only because there are laws in place, but also because we have to make a decision about when the fetus is viable yeah. as a human being. Yes. These laws that are being put into place right now, these heartbeat bans, these are not babies. Yeah. They do not have a heartbeat. Yeah. It's not a heartbeat. They don't have a heart. Yeah. It's a cluster of cells. It's not the same thing. So I find it really gross Yeah. that you would use this as some kind of tactic, an emotional tactic. They're yeah. trying to... Uh, it's a, an emotional manipulation tactic. Yeah. And what, what Busy says, actually, I think is spot on. So basically, they're... They're trying to stir something up in her by bringing up this woman's story. And Busy responds, Although I played a doctor on television, sir, I am not a physician. I don't believe that a politician's place is to decide what's best for a woman. It's a choice between a woman and her doctor. This This guy then says... What about the baby and their doctor? And Philip says, I'm not speaking about birth, sir. I'm speaking about abortion. It is not. It's exactly right. It is not the same thing. And after a certain point, there's a reason why it's no longer medically recommended that you have an abortion unless there's something wrong. There's a reason why that is in place. So I get that portion of it. Yes. Then let's talk about that. Yeah. That at that point. That's a separate thing to me. That's a birth. Yeah. That's and, then, birth- and then you're saying, let the baby die after the baby's That's been born. That's different. That baby was born. Yeah. That is a different scenario. Yeah. Like, it's not the same thing. Yeah. I agree. And they're asking her, like, what she thinks of it. She's like, I'm not a doctor. I may have played her on TV, but, like, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to argue that with you. And, of course, the right is like, she refuses to answer if blah, 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 well, blah, Well, here's, like, here's the thing. No. I think most normal-thinking human beings would say it's unethical to let a baby die. Yeah. Like, a baby that is born at 31 weeks, Yep. it would be unethical if it is living on its own outside of the womb to yep. let it die. That is murder. Yeah. You cannot do that. There is a line. Yes! There is a line there. It's ridi- It's a completely ridiculous... It's a ridiculous comparison. They want to try and blur this line as much as possible so that they can confuse this issue as much as possible. It's not a confusing issue. Exactly. There's a reason why these medical laws are put into place. Yeah. And And, why they happen when they do. Right. And the thing is, so I have one more person who made a testimony, and they have, from what I understand, I'm sure there were more people that testified, but in this article they talk about one person who's pro-choice and two people who are on the other side. So it's kind of like they're all ganging up on the one side. So this woman, Christine Bennett, she's the director of communications at the Family Institute of Connecticut. She discussed how her mother was pressured to abort her after getting pregnant out of wedlock. Her mother decided to keep her, although the doctors allegedly insisted she get an abortion. That is that woman's right. Choice. She to chose carry to do that. That child. Right. Why is this something that we're even fucking talking about? Like she made a decision. She yeah. chose to keep her child. Like, yeah. that is her decision. Exactly. And, and you know what? I'll say that even more clearly. She chose to follow through with that pregnancy. Yes, exactly. That was her decision. Yes. 
That's exactly what people. That's it's it's still pro choice. Yeah, you're arguing for choice. Well, do we want to hear the first thing that comes out of her mouth? Yes, that was her choice. <laughs> As a pro life feminist. Oh, honey. <laughs> I support bodily autonomy, but abortion impacts two bodies. I am a unique individual, and just as my heart is beating today, it was beating inside my mother's body. So she is an African-American woman. She compared the suffering of her ancestors to the persecution of unborn Americans today. Go away. Go away. She says, an ache in my heart remains because of the denial of equal protection and due process to another class of people, the baby in the womb. That makes me fucking so viscerally angry. I know. She adds, abortion is not a victimless act. We just can't hear the voices of those who have been silenced and discarded. I Keegan, just, go. I just can't with uh, with the lack of like medical science in this situation. She's comparing like, it to slavery. First of all, no, and go the <laughs> fuck away with that shit. Secondly, once again, there's a reason why laws are put into place the way that they are and where they are, and why you are safely and legally allowed to have an abortion up into a certain mm-hmm. point. Like, there's a reason why, and it is because a cluster of cells doth not a person make. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting how the right is grabbing on, especially to Christine Bennett's story, because they have a black woman who's pro-life. So they're like, let me tell you something. on to that. A lot of black women are pro-life. Exactly. Because anytime you get a group of people who are highly religious and black people, in my experience, as a black person, tend yeah. to be. Yeah. You're going to find a group of people who are incredibly pro-life. So. Yeah, but she's also saying she's a pro-life feminist. So for them, they're like, "Hey, look, we got one. It's a fucking What's win." What's up? Yeah, it's I'm very go annoying. away. I'm, I'm so annoyed. I okay, know. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Tell it's... me, tell me more things, Keegan. Well, this isn't great either. So I, <laughs> I was going to touch briefly, and I'll, I'll do that right now, just like super, super briefly. I don't have a lot of notes, but I did want to touch on the fact that Trump did go to London. Might still be there. I'm not sure. He flew over London, and this ma- London was not having it. I no. fucking love it. London they was pissed. pissed. My brother is in London right now. The, he was like posting shit about like baby Trump balloon <laughs> that they they flew while Trump was there. Whenever he flew over London, a man who we can only like, he was a fucking hero to all of us. He mowed a giant dick. Did you see that? It was a giant dick that you could see, like, from a plane. And it said, like, Oi Trump on it. It was, like, a huge fucking penis. Hilarious. They had a massive anti- When have you ever seen this with another president ever? No, this is it's- hilarious. It's really sad for it's us. It's sad, but, but it's like, great. what the fuck? Um, they- There was a massive anti-Trump uh, rally. Yeah. Huge. And also he and Ivanka- Ivanka, who, you know, she was just, like, scandalized, was Mm -hmm. booed whenever she came out. Um, So, yeah. The the British people are not having it. Anyway. Don't blame them at all. No. I mean, we're not having it either. No. (laughs) When I saw the aerial views of their anti-Trump rally. (laughs) The penis is great. I will post pictures of the penis. (laughs) Please do. Um, When I saw aerial views of the anti-Trump rally... It looked very similar to the one in L.A. Like, yeah. it was enormous. That's awesome. Okay, so this is the last thing that I have. AT- <laughs> I don't know what the theme is of this episode, but I think, like, 
white people who don't understand things yeah, might be like a, a, a big it's one. It's kind of a theme of life right now. So there was a teacher in Fort Worth, oh, Texas, yes. uh, Georgia Clark. She is a high school English teacher, and she doesn't understand how Twitter works. Nope. To the hilarity of everybody else. <laughs> so she made an urgent request to President Trump on Twitter, many tweets, tweeted at him, call white a lot, <laughs> saying that she needed help pulling undocumented immigrants from her school. Uh. Mr. President, Fort Worth Independent School District is loaded with illegal students from Mexico, Clark wrote <gasps> May 17th on her now-deleted Twitter account, at Rebecca1939, which I'm like, your name's Georgia, but okay. Okay. She said, anything you can do to remove the illegals from Fort Worth would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Clark was careful in her approach. She believed and told the president she needed guarantees her identity would be protected when action was taken. They're Tex- on Twitter, bitch. <laughs> Texas will not protect whistleblowers. The Mexicans refuse to honor our flag. The Mexicans. TM. <laughs> Trademark. Is that what she did? No, but I oh, think that's hilarious. Like, she did capitalize. Yeah, the Mexicans. The Mexicans. To honor our flag. Clark says she didn't mean for everyone to see her thoughts and requests on immigration. <laughs> she says she believed the tweets were private between her and the president because you're an old ass lady, old ass white lady who doesn't understand how Twitter works. Miss <laughs> Clark stated that she did not realize the tweets were public. The Fort Worth Independent School District said in a review. Clark acknowledged the tweets were hers, and in, a, in the very public messages have now embroiled her school, school district in scandal, and less than three weeks after she authored them, she got fired. Yes, yeah, she did. Bye-bye. You too, you too dumb to run Twitter. You can't be a teacher. Yes, stop teaching our children. <laughs> so, at a, at a board meeting on Tuesday, eight school board members voted unanimously to terminate her contract after more than a dozen people spoke out against her at a public hearing. Yeah. Fort Worth is one-third Hispanic yeah. or Latin American. One-third. This is a shitty thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one spoke in her defense. Nope. In Texas! Mm-hmm. You couldn't get one people who was like, well, hold on now, maybe she has a point. You couldn't get one person... <laughs> Her comments were hurtful, irresponsible, misleading, and distrustful to the students she is supposed to protect and educate, one Mm -hmm. woman told the board. Kent P. Schreibner said Clark's conduct warranted our recommendation for termination. So this isn't the first thing that she has done. Ooh, what else did she do? Tell me. Can you imagine if you were a parent of a Latino student? At yeah. a school like this, or just a parent in general. Yeah. Knowing that this is the kind of thing that your like kids were being exposed to. Uh, yeah. If you wanted them to be, you know, good, open minded, open hearted individuals. Yeah. So one parent said, I'm very surprised and concerned that this cruel woman has been berating our precious children for years. Where was the FWISD? So that's the school district. Yeah. And the Supreme Court ruled in Pyler versus Doe that public schools are required to provide schooling for children regardless of their immigration status. Yep. Schools cannot ask students about their immigration status or report them or family members to federal immigration authorities. It does not matter if you are an undocumented yeah. immigrant in this country. It does not matter. You are not allowed to be asked about that or about your parents' immigration status. So... 
she has a history of violations, including insulting her students' ethnicity. Even before the tweets came to light, the district was already investigating separate allegations of derogatory remarks made by Clark in the classroom. Oh, dear. Last month, when one student asked to go to the bathroom, Clark told the student to show me your papers that say you are legal to go to the bathroom. A student told investigators in an account corroborated by another student. She denied to investigators that she made the comment, which the report claims occurred on May 17th. The same day, Clark tweeted at Trump multiple times. Mm -hmm. She also kicked a student in 2007, but it was determined through a school investigation that it was, quote, without malice. She kicked a student without malice. So it was fine. It was fun. Apparently. It was like, she's, I just it was a, a soccer ball. Just a little, what, ding, just a little bop. <laughs> a little bop. Uh, in 2013, she Oy. was disciplined for referring to a group of students as Little Mexico and <gasps> calling another student white bread. Oh my God. This woman is and awful. Those allegations did prove to be true. <laughs> So, yeah. I'm not laughing because it's funny. Like, what she does is funny. I'm laughing because she's ridiculous. No, it's uh, it's just also, I want to know how old this lady is. I also feel like there's a certain point. What's her name? Looking it up. At which your views. I tried to find pictures of her. And Georgia. I, I could not find him. Clark. Georgia Clark. I couldn't find any pictures of her, so I don't know if you'll be able to find her age. They but always say in articles, though. It's like. It didn't say in this one how old she was. Let's see what CBS News has to say. Oh, there's a picture of her right here. What do you mean? There's a video and it shows her picture. Oh. She looks like an old white lady. Well, I Googled it before and I couldn't find one, so maybe that's a new article. She looks to be in her 50s, would be. Yeah, look look at that woman right there. She might be older than in her 50s, but she does look like a racist. She looks like a very, I mean... Big-haired Texan yeah. racist. <laughs> Nothing against big-haired Texans. Not at all. I love big hair. I am dating a Texan with a very Texan family who I'm is pro incredibly liberal. So yeah. Nothing against Texas. Nothing against big hair. I'm pro both of those. But I'm against this lady. So there's that. Oh, there is another Georgia Clark on Twitter, but it's Georgia Lou Clark. Which well, has this no is Rebecca. She's an author. This so. is Rebecca, nineteen thirty-nine. So on Twitter, maybe that was her mom's name, and she was born in nineteen thirty-nine. Maybe it's I don't her, her middle name. I don't know. Maybe. I really want to know how old she is, but whatever. Well, I was hoping she was born in nineteen thirty-nine because that would make a lot of sense. My God, she'd be old. She'd be very old. That woman, white people, man. Yeah, hashtag I'm a, I'm white a, people, man. I'm a white person, and like, fuck. I yeah. grow more and more ashamed to be a straight white woman every day. I know. I apologize. I love it. I'm in a wedding shaming group, which is a difficult thing for me. But uh, sometimes <laughs> sometimes there's good content in there. People are mean. People, People are really mean. But I love it whenever, because 99.99999% of the worst weddings are straight people, probably because the majority of weddings are straight are people. Are straight people. But... I love it because there's this tag that always gets tagged in these, like, typically egregious ones, especially if there's, like, a camo wedding dress involved. Yeah. Where it'll be like, are the straights okay? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen, like, the camo prom dresses? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, yeah. camo prom dresses, camo wedding dresses, heinous. Very bad. It's a bad look. And um, <laughs> if you feel bad listening to this, you should. If, <laughs> if you had one. I'm sorry. I'm willing to we go on record. We you. My mom told me something really wonderful this week. I was talking to her about um, 
people's perceptions of the things that we say and how certain things are taken and humor and things like that. And she was telling me how she listens to another show where they just flat out said, you know, this is our show. We're going to say what we believe and we aren't going to apologize for it unless we feel it's warranted. Now, I feel like our show, <laughs> we need to be very sensitive to a lot of people and their feelings. No, sometimes we're wrong. Yes. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with us 100... being wrong sometimes. We're not about camo dresses. No, but... that's what I'm saying. So when we make <laughs> jokes about things like that or say things that are un- uncharacteristic of what we say, it does not necessarily warrant us to... Be overly apologetic is all I wanted to say. Does that make sense? Right. Listen, we never mean to hurt anyone's feelings or, like, cause anyone to be upset. Like, that's never something that we... That's never our goal. It's never our objective. We're not trying to do that. However, these conversations... It's just you and me in here. Yeah. And sometimes these conversations can get heated. We're we're expressing our own personal opinions Mm -hmm. about things. And sometimes we might say something that wounds somebody else, and it's never intended to wound anyone. Yes. So if that happens, or if that has happened, and I know it has happened because we have received messages about certain things that we have said or the way we have said certain things, I get it. I appreciate your passion. I understand where it comes from. You have a right to feel whatever you're feeling about whatever we have said. I understand that wholeheartedly. But also know that the conversations that Madigan and I have are in large part between us and also running off of high emotion. This is a conversational, opinion-based podcast. Exactly. We present you with facts. When we are presenting you with facts, we'll tell you that. Yeah. Assume everything else is our opinion. Yeah. Exactly. We are not here to sway you one way or the other, except for when it comes to camouflage wedding dresses. Absolutely. Those have to go. Or facts. Like, if we tell you something that, like, objectively, this is the truth about yes. something, then that's the truth about it. Yeah. Beyond that, it's just our opinion, okay? Yeah. And I'm sorry to anyone that we've maybe hurt. Uh, it was not our intention. Yes. So we are sorry about that. Exactly. So, you guys, thank you so much for listening. You can send us, guys, we really, really, really need fatherhood stories. We also need coming out stories, but Father's Day is yeah. coming up, y'all. Our fa- our coming out episode is shaping up. It looks like we're yes. going to have enough stories to be able to put together a good episode. Fatherhood! Not so much. Not so much. So, um, we do need your stories. We need, the, we need fatherhood stories in by the 11th, please. We need your coming out stories in by June 18th, please. We also love to hear your sister solidarity stories. We love to hear any sort of responses that you have about episodes, stories you want to tell us, things you want to share. We want it all. You can email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Catch us on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. Check us out on Twitter at YAMF Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. We have a Facebook group and a business page. You can go ahead and like us, review us on that Facebook business page. It would be super swell. But what would be even more swell is if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We fucking love it. Um, Listen to us on Radio Public. It's free for you. Helps us out a little bit. And we really appreciate it. I went through that faster than I have ever done so in my entire life. Well, we're way over time, so thank you so much. I know, but I kept my shit on point. Okay, you guys, with all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye. Goodbye. Good night and good luck.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.